Hello, and welcome to another episode of Just Talk with Joe Meyer. I'm Joe Meyer, your host today. Thank you for being here once again as we kick off another episode of Just Talk. And um, it's been a couple weeks, but thought I would give you guys a ring and see how everyone's doing out there. Uh, of course, I know that no one's going to respond back to me in these podcasts because I don't have any guests, but maybe one day I will have a guest on my podcast. I, I always think about maybe, you know, having a podcast with like my father on here and him calling in or something. Who knows, right? Um, but for now, it's just you and I, right? Um, so good to have everyone with us. I'm going to kick off. Um, our podcast with just our theme for tonight. Um, I guess as you could say, it's our theme, but this song is actually um, from Five Finger Death Punch as well, from like the last one, but this is a newer song, or a different song, I should say, on the same album. Um, so let me play it for you, and I, I think you might enjoy it, but we'll see. So that song is called Afterlife, right? And and let me, you know, like, kind of tradition. Um, always want to see what the meaning of the song is, and and. Let's see. It 
Some of this I find online, but it says Afterlife is yet another song in which we are met with the lib liberal use of what is generally considered to be religious terminology, such as the title, and especially the way the word heaven is utilized in the chorus. Said terms tend to be such that we all know what they mean, but at the same time they have various understandings, thus making their usage to some degree the act of poetic ambiguity. And when you couple that with the fact that the lyrics to Afterlife are non-specific, then it can become challenging to definitely ascertain what the vocalist is putting forth. But, yeah, so there's not really a, a definition of what this song's about, you know, but. <laughs> but, you know, I'll keep looking and see what I can find out, you know. Um, but it's a good song, you know. I, I You know, that I introduced to them for the first time because... Like I mentioned to you guys many times, I listen to XM, Sirius XM, and uh, Octane Station, and they play them quite often. So, get me in the mood of their songs. And but they've been around for quite some time, apparently. So, <laughs> uh, I'm gonna play another song later that is fairly new to me too, and I think you'll enjoy. But let's get into, you know. To, um, oh yeah, one last thing. Afterlife is actually, the, which is the name of this song, is actually the title of Five Finger Death Punch's newest album. So that's that's the name of it. So anyways, um, getting into the swing of things. We're in February, and hopefully everyone's having a good February. Um, February is one of those months for me that uh, there's not too much going on. <laughs> Work, teaching, family life, um, and just thinking about this time last year. Because I like to self-reflect on on the year's past, right? So this time last year, I generally was um, doing some interviews with other companies and... Um, I was doing that because I was testing the waters to see if there was any interest in companies. And one of the reasons I did that was because in January of 2022, um, there's some events that took place at work that really caused me to, to rethink my position where I was at, right? So I applied. I applied for multiple positions, different companies. I actually got interviews on most of them. But none of them came to fruition which which is okay um it, it kind of also leads me to believe that maybe it was just not time right and and it's okay you know i don't really like moving around too often in the past i've been moving around to job to job because uh, i really didn't find much contentment or a balance of what I was looking for in those jobs, right? I was always in essentially not promised opportunities, but I guess it was implied that I would grow with the company. And the thing about companies today, and, and for 
for most of the careers or companies that I've been a part of, they've actually quite stressed the factor that you're going to grow. And what does that mean, actually, right? Does it mean you're going to grow professionally? Does it mean you're going to grow up in the company? Uh, when I think of growth, I don't think of just personal growth. I think of um, growth in the company, meaning you're going to go up positions, you're going to get new responsibilities, you're going to do more. And for companies in the past, I've never had that in a way, right? Most of the companies I've worked for, I've stayed loyal and for years, and then finally I would want to move up. And then nothing happened, right? And which forced me to kind of go look elsewhere, right? And uh, I think it's important that we look outside and see what's out there, right? And see if there's a better opportunities for you, either money-wise or better work-life balance or, or, or a better... Uh, co-workers, better management, you know. I mean, I always tell my students that no company is perfect, obviously. Um, many companies are quite flawed. And we, we will know right away, right? Because companies are not, in most cases, they're not going to talk about them in an interview about what kind of flaws they have, right? Yet we, as people... Are, are, are asked about our flaws, right? Are asked what are things that we're not good at, right? And I wish companies would be very forthcoming telling us what they're not good at, what they fall short in, right? But again, that's the hypocrisy um of what goes on in the workplace today, right? That there are workers out there who are genuinely looking for an opportunity to grow in the company, to do good things, and companies don't offer it. You know, there are many people out there who, who not necessarily don't want to grow in the company or don't, but there are many out there who, who like stability. They just like staying where they're at. They don't want to move up into management or lead roles or, or anything of that nature or they just like their position there's nothing wrong with that but there are people like myself who have worked hard to try to move up and have been denied right denied and that has forced me to go elsewhere right and which is unfortunate um, because that's not really what I wanted to do I really don't. I don't like that instability. I, I went through that quite often in my 20s because I was trying to discover, just figure it out of what I, what I wanted, right? And companies would make comments about my resume, about job hopping, and um, it seems like in today's culture, job hopping is a little bit more common. Um, especially by the millennials and Generation Zs, which I'm not trying to uh, generalize with them because they're, they're all different, you know. Um, but I hear a lot of negative things about the Generation Zs and millennials, about how lazy they are, how entitled they are. 
to a certain degree, I can understand where they're coming from. Um, I have to remember that many of these younger people today are people, kids from my generation. You know? Um, and it's unfortunate that my generation, I feel, kind of failed. Now, I have to remember that my generation is very different to Generation X, which is what I'm a part of, is the what's considered a forgotten generation. Oftentimes, we were left at home. Oftentimes, we're left to figure it out on our own. Oftentimes, parents were out there working and spent little or no time with us, right? Um, in a way, I was no different. My mom was mostly home, which I love her. But she wasn't always there in a sense, right? I never feel like I really got asked, how am I doing? How can I be there for you? How can I support you? It was pretty much I was left on my own, right? And again, forgotten generation, right? So again, I'm, I'm, I know any, every generation is going to be different, right? The generations of millennials and Generation Zs are going to be different than than themselves. They're going to raise them differently. Who knows? I, I don't know what they're going to be like. It's it's my daughter is probably part of that generation. She's ten, so who knows what she's going to be like when she gets older, right? Or what that generation's going to look like. It's hard to say, right? Um, but we shall see. We shall see. But what's going on in your lives out there, right? Hopefully good things. Starting the new year. Getting past the new year. Oftentimes people create those resolutions that they essentially give up by now, right? Um... And I'm not mocking those people or making fun of them. But yeah, people who ultimately want to go to the gym, get healthier, lose weight. Um, I think a lot about that today, right? I think a lot about health. And we are certainly a health fitness culture, right? We talk about health a lot. We talk about losing weight. We talk about eating better. But actually, I, I kind of see society's actually going backwards in that direction, right? I truly feel. I see an incredible amount of... Um, I, I, I see only... Essentially, it seems like obesity is increasing in our culture right? It's getting worse. And a part of that is our society's fault in the sense of um, the amount of fast food and junk food we have everywhere. Now, I, I'm not innocent in the sense that I don't eat that food. I do. I have a, I, I don't eat things like McDonald's very often. But I, I, I love, you know, not every time, but I, I try to eat a lot of chicken. Um, 
homemade foods, but uh, but I also buy things from Trader Joe's that are, have preservatives like their orange chicken or their teriyaki, which I know it has probably some salt in there. Um, but when I go out and buy food from outside, yeah, I, I love Mexican. And I'll be honest, I, I love a good burrito <laughs> or tacos. Uh, uh, what's another favorite of mine? Um, I eat pollo loco once in a while, but uh, usually I've been very consistent lately um, where I will go to like Costco and buy one of those $5 made whole chickens and that will last me a few days, me and the family. Um, and then I love coffee. So that's my one weakness sometimes is cold coffee. Um, I love sweets. Yeah, I'm, I love donuts. I love cookies. I love cakes. Uh, but but I got to cut down. Not that I eat a bunch every day. I love chocolate. <laughs> I eat dark chocolate almost every day. You know, but it's not like I eat a whole bar or anything. I eat like a... I eat these little miniature little um, squares, right? I eat a couple of those just for the taste. I'm just like now, I'm drinking my Starbucks. I'm drinking the... Um, Chocolate almond espresso shakened, which is really good. I like it. it. Has chocolate in it, and it's a good espresso. Um, but again, I, I'm pretty consistent in exercise. I exercise almost every day. I try to keep a schedule, right? Um, so let's say like Mondays is chest day, and Tuesdays is back day, and uh, you know Wednesdays is. Uh, um, uh, shoulders, right? Thursdays could be, you know, my arms, right? And then I do cardio. So I'm pretty consistent. I exercise about five to six days a week, right? Um, so that keeps me going, right? To keep healthy. And, uh, but again, um, try to be healthy. During the week, again, I buy, um, Go to Costco. I usually go to Costco weekly just to pick up a few things for the week for dinner. Um, I love their their meat, um, and I also buy fruits. I eat a lot of fruits, vegetables. Try to. I I love yogurt. Right. Um, I love making my own parfaits. Right. Right. But other than that, trying to remain healthy, right? Trying to rest. I need to rest. I need to relax more. Um, I don't always get to do that. There's a lot that I have to do um, on a weekly basis. Tomorrow is President's Day, so I'll get the day off from work, um, and but not teaching. <laughs> They're not closed, unfortunately. But anyways... Um, thinking about society and our kind of our, our acceptance in a way of obesity, you know, and I, I, I don't say that because I'm perfect. I'm not thin. I'm okay. I was never thin. I'll probably never be thin in the sense of the word. I don't weigh a buck fifty, right? I wish I did. <laughs> um, 
and I'm not saying people who do are, are perfectly healthy. There are people who are very thin and who are not un, who are very unhealthy, right? There are people who have meat on the bones and they're healthier, right? Um, but again, I'm talking about obesity, right? Where I was obese. Obesity is usually where your BMI is usually over over thirty percent, right? And I had to get that down. I still have to work on my weight. Um, about a year ago, I was about 15 pounds lighter. But over the course of the year, um, I gained weight. Not in the sense of pounds. It's not like I was eating a lot. It was a lot of it's weightlifting, things I do in the gym. Uh, and pushing myself to the limit of adding more weights, right? So, so a lot of it's muscle. And if you were to look at me, you were to, you would see me as, as looking pretty okay, right? I don't look like I'm overweight, but some of you may, who may see me may say, oh yeah, this guy needs to lose a few pounds. May, I agree. I'm working on it. You know, it's hard, right? Um, but other than that, we as a culture have a very real problem where people are stuck on fast food, people are stuck on acceptance of being obese because there are many people out there like celebrities who encourage people to accept yourself. Accept yourself and love yourself the way you are. Now I'm not I'm not I have no problem with accepting yourself or loving yourself. I I feel that that's fine. We should what I have a problem with is celebrities who are incredibly obese setting the wrong example for future generations and even children that obesity is okay. Now, I, I often, when I go take my daughter to school, um, it's hard because I don't want to criticize children. And um, being that I was the fat kid in, in school, right, got picked on, got bullied because of my weight, I know what that feels like, right? And when I look at kids sometimes, when I take my daughter to school, yeah, there's some pudgy kids, right? I say that in a kind way, not like, oh, they're, you know. But oftentimes I look at the kids and then I look at their parents. And, you know, parents and kids, you know, there's actually a correlation. And I think studies have been done to show that there's a correlation between um, mothers and fathers who who are overweight or obese, and you kind of look at their kids, and oftentimes they're the same way, which it's hard because it's it's uh, genetics. But the thing about it is, is that oftentimes parents who are like that don't teach their children good eating habits, and that was my problem, right? I again, I love my mom, love my dad, love my family. But we in my family have struggled with our weight. I actually had an aunt who was about 46, die in 2007 or 6, and she died of celitosis, right? She was, she did, she struggled with her weight for most of her life, you know. Um, it was very hard for her, right? So I have an understanding, but. There's also that of, um, you know, there's the, uh, there's that, and then there's, you know, there's the opposite of fat phobia, right? Where people mistreat those people. People think of them as being worthless or unvaluable. And that often 
has a, a, a direct effect over one state of mind, over a person's mental health, right? A, a person's self-worth. And that can be difficult because when a person feels like that, like I did, like you're not valuable because you're obese or, or overweight or fat, um, people take drastic measures. I know I did. Where I just wanted to end it, right? The other problem that goes along with that is that we in this country already have a mental health problem. Mental health is on the rise. And when I say mental health, I say people who are struggling with mental health issues like depression, like manic depression, like anxiety, schizophrenia, other forms of mental health sicknesses. And I've seen an observation where, yeah, suicides seem to be on the rise. Even those that you may think that are fine, that should be fine, right? Um, celebrities just killing themselves. Right, People who ultimately would have everything that most of us would want. Money, fame, a big house, a beautiful family. Everything you could imagine. Where people are struggling today to just make it. And they don't have those things. Right? But, and, and even those people are, are often killing themselves. I think there's a, there's, one, there's a suicide every 11 minutes. Right? There's often, and then the other week there was a 14-year-old girl in, I think, Virginia who killed herself due to bullying in her high school because she was actually videotaped being beaten up at school and the school failed to do nothing, right? And so that young woman, she was 14. She was a beautiful young woman, girl, and she killed herself. And her parents are probably devastated. How do you how do you recover from that? That should make people angry, right? That should make people angry to see those things, to witness those things that a young woman' life is snuffed out. Now, people often are going to blame the child. Oh well, you know she was not well. She was not mentally fit. She was sick. She was this. She was that, and. That's a problem. That's not the young girl's fault. Obviously, the parents were unaware that her their daughter could have been struggling with that. I'm sure they were aware of things going on, like she was beat up, yes, because there was pictures of it. Her parents took pictures. But to the effect of killing yourself, that probably devastated that family. Right? We have a problem today. And people are surprised when you have a young person or just a person in general who struggles with these things. They go off and do something, not just kill themselves, or they go off and kill others. And then people are like, wow, you know, uh, well, what's going on? Like they're surprised, but generally they shouldn't be. You know, because why? Because society shits on those people. They forget about them. There are people seeking help, asking for help, reaching out, and the, and people's hands are slapped away, right? These are things 
that happen every day. Now, thank goodness we don't have people going off and shooting the place up or killing people. But it, 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 it seems to be happening more and more often now. And that's a problem. Mental health in this country is getting worse. And yes, we have a hotline and, you know, that helps to a certain degree. But not, it doesn't always do it. It's not a fixer. People really need help. You know? And that's an unfortunate problem today. All right. Let me play our next song here. And before I get started, I think you're going to like this song. It's actually by called New Year's Day. That's the name of the group. And, and hopefully you like it. Let me just start it off here. called Hurts Like Hell, right? So that's by New Year's Day. You know, they actually, um, a little background on, on the lead singer, they actually are from Anaheim, California, right? Not, not too far from where I'm at, right? Started in 2005, originally, um, they used to, I guess, start off on like uh, MySpace, right? And that's where they got started. And over time, they built up a, uh, they built up their their songs. And eventually, they got signed, and and, and then they they became a major group, right? So it's I like to see. So the the lead singer, 
Um, her name is Ash, or I guess it's Ashley Costello, right? And uh, she looks like she's interesting. Yeah, it says here, the band built a surprisingly strong online presence through showcasing, promotion, and posting songs on MySpace, right? New Year's Day was featured on the MySpace Records Volume 1 complica complication, compilation CD and, and on the video game soundtrack for Saints Row. Um, after considering an offer from Pete Wentz, uh, Decadence Records label, the band decided to sign with TVT Records instead of released their first self-titled EP in 2006. Originally referred to as Razor, right? So they, they've been around for a while. So interesting. They look like a good group. You know, I think about music a lot, and I think about where people have come from in music and just the amount of time it takes for, so for some groups um, to get where they need to go and um, and oftentimes I'm sure there's struggles and um, you know things that they go through as a band breakups and, and and try to keep the group going right where oftentimes there's not a lot of money right um, you know, I mean, not not no, nothing against this band. They, they seem pretty big, um, been around for a while, but you know, they're no like say Bon Jovi or something, right? Again, that's not to knock them. Um, they all have their own niche or, or place in the in, in the music world. Um, but again, you know, awesome to see that. You know, there's a lot of groups I'm, I'm getting introduced to through, like I said, through Octane and getting to know a little bit about different groups that I never even knew existed, like um, Disturbed, right? You've heard me play them before, and uh, I like their, uh, their, their music now, right? Although that music was actually, many of the songs was going on during the times I was having my most struggles, right? Godsmack, love them, right? And um, these, this music keeps me going at times, right? There are times, yes, I do struggle with depression. I do struggle with <sighs> trying to keep things together, right? And it's challenging. It is. I'm not going to lie. Um, there's things that I, I work through. I try so hard, right, um, to get through. And um, music helps. Music certainly does help me. And um, I don't. I don't know. You know, um, music, writing, reading—they are things that help me try to maintain balance in my life. Although I am very busy with my day job and teaching, family life paying the bills, surviving. But it, it's it's something that I struggle with each day, right, sometimes. And um, it's not to concern or worry you out there, but it's just a reality, right? Um, and time goes so fast in this world, doesn't it? Work is going well, you know, projects... Having projects keep me busy. Those that that form of interaction that happens regularly in my life 
right? With is a joy, right? And I mean that. It's a, it's good to be working, right? Um, because many people are not out there right now. But anyways, let's see here. We got I haven't talked to you guys in a while, but let me see what kind of devotion we have today. You know, so what's today? The nineteenth, right? Let's see. Confident Living. So that's a good title. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on uh, not on your own understanding. In all your ways acknowledge him and he shall direct your paths. Proverbs 3, 5 through 6. There's something very calming about repeating the words of scriptures aloud. Those who know Proverbs 3, 5 through 6 know the power of saying to themselves, Trust in the Lord with all your heart. When you can't understand crisis or solve the problem, you could say, trust in the Lord with all your heart. When you can't bear the pain or withstand the pressure, you can remind yourself to trust in the Lord with all your heart. When the devil is relentless and attacking you, you can calm your nose by repeating the proverb. What does it mean to lean not on your own understanding? Well, sometimes we can't figure things out on our own. At certain moments in life, we have no answers, but we can acknowledge Jesus as Lord of all accidents and incidents of life. He can open doors, solve issues, resolve problems, and guide us step by step. He can direct our paths. You can confidently trust him with with all your heart. And ultimately, I, of course, believe that because we in this world are looking for answers, aren't we? We are looking to solve issues. And, and oftentimes, the things that are happening in today's world are things that are unexplainable. Things that people will try to fix, but will not. You know? One of the things that I see today in today's society is that just, just the increase of amount of hate that is going around today. The amount of... Uh, discrimination, the amount of people trying to control the narrative to what we are to know or learn about. So I'll give you an example. I just read something about how um, Ronald Dahl's books are kind of getting reversioned to take certain words that they find offensive out, right? Now, Ronald Dahl, if you um, are familiar with him, he wrote... James and the Giant Peach, he wrote Charlie and a Chocolate Factory, and um, a variety of other books, obviously. He's, he's very well-known, right? Obviously, they've made lots of movies and everything out of his books. Um, I forgot what else he's written. I forgot what else, right? So, so what's amazing is he, he sold, like, 250 million copies. He died in uh, 1990. So he's born in 1916. He's British, obviously. Uh, it looks like he read uh, Matilda, right? James and Giants Peach, The Witches, right? Great books, things, and let's see. Uh, Fantastic Mr. Fox, Charlie and the Great Glass Elevator. 
didn't read all these. The enormous crocodile, well, amazing. I gotta read him, I gotta read more of his books. <laughs> um, but obviously there's the most famous ones, obviously, right? So, um, amazing that many of his books are getting kind of reworded. Like for instance, I was reading that in Charlie and the Chocolate Factory when when they're describing or when Dahl's describing um, one of the boys, um, the pudgy kid, or they say the fat kid, um, they are going to try to reword the word fat, right? So they don't want the kid to be called fat uh, because they find it offensive, right? So that just blows my mind. Um, it, it's almost like we're rewrite, trying to rewrite history here, right? And we're not the only ones. There are, so to speak, governors in our country, people trying to rewrite what kids read, taking away the meaning, the true meaning of the book, or even even though these books were written in a different time. Eliminating a learning lesson right there, right? Because many of these books were written in times where the language was different. And some of the words, yes, they could be considered offensive today, but weren't offensive back then. But it would be a good learning lesson for kids to know that the meanings behind it and why they were said back then or not said now, right? But again, um, these are things that are happening today, right? And um, uh, I always think of 1984 <laughs> by George Orwell, uh, 1984, right? Make sure I get the author right. Yeah, George Orwell, right? Which if any of you have ever read that book, it's fantastic. You should read it. It would blow your mind. And watch the movie, of course, too, right? But there are many other books today. As a writer myself, uh, I, I am currently in the process of final... Well, I already re-edited re it so many times, but finalizing editing so I can eventually turn my this book, the first one, which is entitled Helox 2029 and and hopefully by the close to end of this year I can self-publish it you know but I want to make sure that it's fairly read through at least one final time because I have actually haven't touched the book in months probably close maybe even close to a year I'll say it's possible um, um, but I want to certainly get through it and and, and prepare it for publication I don't know if I'm going to keep trying for um, to get an agent, although that's very challenging and difficult. Um, I will probably keep trying, but we'll see what happens, right? We'll see what happens. Other than that, we'll see where that my writing takes me. If not, I still have my blogs, still have my vlog, still have podcasting. Um, so that will keep me going, right? 
Well, you know what, you guys? I think it's good that I just reached out to all of you out there and let you know how my life is going. So far, so good, right? Oh, um, forgot to mention something. <laughs> uh, a few weeks ago, I actually was in the hospital, right? I went to the ER. And um, apparently I may have an ulcer, but I don't know. And um, it was incredibly painful. A few few weeks ago, I was it was a Wednesday night, and um, I may have agitated it. I ate kind of a late dinner. Maybe I overate. I don't know. But my stomach was incredible pain. I mean, it was like nothing I've ever felt before. And I sat in the hospital for about, must have been like three hours. Finally, they saw me. Family was with me. It was probably around oof, nine o'clock at night, right? Didn't really get out of there until probably two thirty or three. Um, a lot of waiting, obviously. And uh, but lately, I've been okay. Taking a nightly pill. Doing better. But I got to watch my stomach. Got to watch what I eat. Um, not, like I told you guys earlier, it's not like I eat bad. But I, I feel like I'm getting older. <laughs> Stomach's getting older. Things are starting to change. And then in um, towards closer to March 20th, I'm probably going to go in for some uh, surgery. Minor surgery. Um not looking forward to that, but it's something that I need to take care of. Uh, that's been bothering me physically uh, for for years now, and uh, probably need to get it fixed. Other than that, um, only scary thing is I'm going to be put under anesthesia for about forty five minutes. I pray that I wake up. And most of you would probably say that's ridiculous. Most people do. It's very rare that nobody wakes up, but yeah, I know. But still, it's still fear. it's still a fear of mine. But anyways, looking forward to all of you out there and listening to this pod. Hopefully, you have a great weekend and looking forward to talking to you once again and hopefully sooner each time. I always say that, but thank you for being with me each day. And uh, thank you for joining me on another Just Talk with Joe Meyer. And that's my exit. Here I go.